Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fitted Japan, and I am your host, Johnny. And as you fine folks know, Got Fitted Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the man here, the news. And faders, this is episode number 723, which is a very lucky number, and we are all very lucky to have the man, the myth, the legend... Dembski on the show once again. Dembski, welcome to Got in Japan. Good to see you, man. Man, it is great to see you, man. I mean, you're so busy touring all over the country, all mm. over the world, that for you to make the time to come here and Got Fit in Japan, I am just honored. My heart is crying in joy right now. Hey, same here. Same here. I'm just happy to be with you. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I'm not drinking right now. I've got, a, I've got a huge thing, a huge project that I'm doing in a couple of weeks. So uh, I've got a little bit of a kind of coffee water i guess i don't know it's embarrassing but you're drinking and uh hi kampai my friend kampai cheers there we go mm. so you've been on the show three times yeah and um uh since then um i i think we have a, a tremendous amount of faders mm. that are like listening and watching us on got Fit of japan and i think right now would be a great opportunity to actually review everything that you've done in your past, your present, and your very bright future. So if you don't mind, do you, do you mind if I kind of like open the book of Dempsey? Go for it. <laughs> open it up. <laughs> do you mind? Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you questions. And I know the answers, but I'm going to pretend like I don't. All right. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so Dempsey. Acting were, 101, right? You, yes. Yes. <laughs> so you were born in Canada in the beautiful city of Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Toronto, Canada. Go yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. We're neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I love Toronto. By the way, it's one of my favorite cities in the whole world. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful city. It's um, very lucky, very multicultural, mm-hmm. very much, and uh, good restaurants too. Yeah, I think that's the you know when you have that multicultural vibe, you're just gonna get all the fu- all the food together, all the good authentic spots, but also the fusion spots as well, mm-hmm. and it's it's delicious. This hat, this toque is uh, from like an Italian joint. Because it was that damn good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. My my original memories of uh, Toronto is being a little kid and going up there for a box. Was it Boxing Day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we go up right. there for Boxing Day. And then when I got a little older in my teens, I go to Toronto for the raves because some of the best raves. I, I don't think Toronto's the Midwest. Would it be considered the East? Because I'm from uh, the Midwest. But anyway, the, the best raves were in Toronto because Toronto in the 1990s had jungle music. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. It's we would never, the East would never call us the East. The West will never call us the West. Even the middle part, they would ne- we would never be recognized. So, in a funny way, mm-hmm. we are kind of the South, <laughs> which is very weird to say about Canadians. 
I'm from from Southern Canada. So you, you can say that, but I can't. Is that like from one of those dirty, things? <laughs> the dirty South. <laughs> if the, the, the dirty American says it is bad. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> oh, what did you say about Toronto, motherfucker? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, no, no. I, I used to go to a lot of like jungle raves back in yeah. the day in Toronto because um, all the UK jungleists, all the the DJs and MCs like uh, DJ Hype, LSD, all those mm. guys, Mickey Finn would go to Toronto. For some reason, they would never go to Detroit or Chicago or anything, but they go to Toronto. So to listen to to listen to jungle music, you had to go to Toronto. So me and my friends would pack in somebody's car and we go mm. like take the trip up there, and it was fantastic. It was a really really good time. Yeah, it's it's a good city for music. Usually, mm. like a lot of DJs or artists will go like Toronto, Montreal. But you know what's funny? The the one of the best gems is Ottawa. In Ottawa, some yeah, because you think. You know, the, these amazing DJs come. They want to play like a third show in Canada. What's mm-hmm. close to it? There's the capital of Canada, Ottawa. That's right, so it's you, the capital. So you get you get a, a DJ like DJ Qbert, you know, big. Qbert, uh, like, yeah, yeah, right? San Francisco. And, and he's playing literally the smallest club in the world. With the most amount of people? With the most amount of people. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, they try to make it work and they love it. So it's it's like this Great kind job. of hidden gem in some ways. In a That's very awesome. conservative city, but man, they throw it down. They really throw it down. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. And um, I mean, you're a professional musician here in Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, is that where you got your start in Toronto? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, played with friends, you know, very basic story. Played with friends. It was what you did. You know, some friends play soccer, mm-hmm. football, played music with my buddies. And then I got more and more serious and I got into uh, jam band music. So, like, mm-hmm. funk, uh, some, uh, yeah, funk, rock, you name it, even some bluegrass a little here and there. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, that taught me a lot. I got to tour all over Canada, play in the northeast of the states, a lot in like Pennsylvania, Philly, Boston, New York. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was my best le- my best lessons. You know, I played three hour sets and Fantastic. learned how to just like listen to other musicians very well. Yeah. What instrument did you play back then? Bass. You played bass. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so you went from playing bass to DJing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, the thing is, I, I always played this music, this ambient music. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I always played this ambient music, but I just didn't have enough gear to make what I personally wanted. Like, I wanted maybe, like, more folky kind mm-hmm. of things, but I didn't have the acoustic guitar or this kind of music equipment, this, like, music interface or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So all I had was my computer. So I just made, that's how I started. I downloaded Reason and started making these ambient kind of Reason. Wow. I remember Reason. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. And then, uh, it just, I kept making that on the side, kept growing, growing. And then four years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to do this on my own and, uh, let's see if I can play this live and switched over to, uh, Ableton Mm -hmm. because that's way better for live, live settings and yeah my first ever show you had justin on recently <clears throat> he g- actually gave me my first ever Demski show justin and, for more than music for more than music great guy and yeah he gave me my first ever show in uh, tokyo and very grateful for that learned a lot it was very basic very simple and mm-hmm. four years later i'm I got like five six countries in me this year i played about 40 shows and <sighs> 
It's uh, it's getting wild. Yeah, it's getting it's getting really wild. Wow. Okay, that is awesome. Oh my gosh, that forty shows in one year. Oh my gosh. Okay, well we're definitely going to talk about that. Yeah. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about that. I've been on tour before Corona quite a bit, and yeah. forty shows. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The the longest I was on tour was three weeks. And three weeks being on tour nearly killed me. It, it, you get to the point where it's just like you go to places and they don't have any food and you just drink beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you do that for like five, six days. And you're like, oh my God, I haven't had anything to eat except for candy bars. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, how many shows did you do in three weeks? Um, let's see. Um, I did, uh, I did, let's see, Paris. I did Athens. I did Berlin. And I did Amsterdam. And uh, for Paris, I did one show. For every country, I did one show except yeah. for uh, Amsterdam. And Amsterdam, mm. it, it was just full on every single night. I have like a great man. Well, I had great management mm. over there, and pretty much like, oh, you're booked for this show, but uh, if you want, we can get you all these other shows. I'm like, I'll paint anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll paint, and even if I don't have paint, I've got blood, and that's all I need, you know. And they're like. Good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, wait a second, that doesn't sound like a happy good, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so it wasn't that much. But the thing is, it's just like when I when, when you go there, you know, when you go on tour, you're kind of like the, I guess, like the famous guy kind of thing. Mm. I'm not famous. But the thing is, like, you're there. They, they take you out and every night they have like a dinner or something planned yeah, for you or yeah, something. Totally, so totally. there's always something planned and stuff. So I guess I do eat. But um, <laughs> awesome. I want to talk about your music now. Go okay? for it. Yeah. Now. I just heard your. I, I've known your music for ages, mm. and I just heard your latest, your latest album, and your latest album is just absolutely, wow! It's it's different. It's really different. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, yeah. it's wow. It's it, it kind of reminds me of like Richie Houghton when he was Plastic Man. Okay, you know. Yeah. But it's like not like a minimalist Plastic Man. It's like Plastic Man with like. A really live electric soul. Yeah, you know, because like your your songs, you can listen to them and you can dance to them, you can think to them, you can work to them. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, they're they're really full on, but it's still it's got that minimal kind of like plastic man esque to it. You know, <laughs> right, I don't know cool. how to describe it. It's so it's so mathematical too. There's so many layers and so many things going on where it's just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I found it really really exciting to listen to your music. It was really cool. Um, my favorite track was Revolver. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I listened to all of them, I liked them all. They're all great. But uh, Revolver, I think, was definitely my favorite. I, I love that uh, the, the sample that you took from that. Uh, it was like some kind of a movie from the 70s or something. That's about right. It. Network. Yeah, Network. That's it. Yeah. 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 I'm mad as hell. And I ain't going <laughs> to yeah, take yeah, it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was great. When I heard that, I was like, I know this voice. I know this. I know that's kind of cool, you yeah. know, and, and it just worked out so well. And, um, yeah, um. And another thing about your album is that I think it's a concept album. It, yeah, it, it will always be a concept album. Okay, sure. great. I thought so. It has to be. It has, oh, great, it has right? to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> no... <laughs> when you make a... Yeah, I, I cannot release something that's not... That doesn't feel like a novel. You know, yeah, or a story. After, you know? Yeah, well, I didn't get a novel. I got like an adventure. <laughs> yeah, you know, like so. like an epic audio adventure. You know, remember like those little like records they used to buy when you're a little yeah. kid, and it's like, all right, kids, turn to page number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the beginning, yeah. there's dinosaurs. Roar! But it's like that with beats and good music. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's pretty. For the most part, it's like. Uh, in some ways, it's a very dark album. Oh. It's very dark. It's very yeah. It's it should be very beautiful at times, but it's mm-hmm. got to be very dark. So Revolver mm-hmm. 
the idea of revolver is like the idea of the Russian roulette. Like you spin like the uh, the barrel kind of. You don't know when it's gonna like. The, the, they know Russian roulette. Okay, okay. It's the Scott bullet's gonna Japan. hit. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Scott fit <Finn> in <of> Japan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like it actually is about uh, the guy two years ago on Halloween. That, that was dressed as Joker. Remember that guy? I I, I never met him, but I know you never him. met him, right? <laughs> so we covered him on the show. Yeah, so you cover him on the show, and then like uh, I was on the train just before him. Shut up! Yeah, I was on my way to. I'm like, what? Why isn't this train moving? I got to meet my friends for a beer. Like you know, you know, you're meeting your friends for doing whatever, and I like literally just missed that train. Wow! And that happened, and the guy had the most honest answer. And he's like, listen, he's like, uh, I lost my job. I have no one to talk to, all this stuff. And uh, I just had to let it let it out. And it was just so honest. And I felt, I felt him. And no one actually was, like, listening to him. So that was the idea of Revolver. It was the idea that it was that one shot, the one bullet in the gun kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And then if the, the beginning is kind of dark. But the end is, like, the idea of, like, I guess, America in the sense of, Everyone's always expressing their opinion in the mm-hmm. U.S. Maybe too, way too much, right? Mm-hmm. But at least they rest their mind, you know, when they do that, right? Mm-hmm. Here, it's like, I want to show people that they can rest their head and talk. Just talk about it so you can, you don't have to explode, you know? And that's the idea behind it. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, uh, so the ending should be very beautiful because you let it out and then you can live a normal life and grow, you know? That's it. There you go. So that's Revolver. <laughs> what about the rest of the album? The album, uh, the title is, um, wait, The Man Who Touched the Paper Sun? Oh, The, the Man of Science Who Travels to the Paper Sun. Yeah. 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 That's more of my, like, um, so The Man of Science is this Mr. Know-It-All guy, because everyone thinks they know everything now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I've got Google. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so like... I want you to, in a sense, kind of picture it as like, um, is it Alice, not Alice in Wonder, uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Where, you know where the first part's black and white and then goes into color? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So like uh, the man of science is like this really rigid, like I only think this one way. And then when you get when he gets to the paper sun, he it opens up into this land of wonder. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of like my homage to uh, wow. Wizard of Oz in that sense of the idea of like, Oh, I have so much more to learn and stuff like that, right? And uh, yeah, so so it's like uh, the the cover art, everything is based on, upon that. Okay, much. excellent. And uh, for all you faders that are watching us on YouTube, and you should be watching us on YouTube, uh, yeah, here is an image. It's actually a flyer for your uh, upcoming show, but uh, yeah, it's very psychedelic, and it's the man that's trying so, to touch the sun. So, so that yeah, that's the man of science, right? And he's yeah. actually finally. Uh, Opening up his ears or and and just listening a lot more and then yeah heading straight to that paper sun which is like full of magic and wonder which is a beautiful thing. Wow, that is so cool. This speaking of beauty, this is a beautiful album cover. Who did this? Uh, maybe you know him. He's in the art community. Uh, Alex Osmos. He does a lot of uh, art. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I asked him uh, to you know to do the cover to do the uh, kind of the. Uh, the art inside for the insert and everything and yeah. he nailed it he absolutely it's nailed it really really nice yeah so every part of the image represents a song so the the car is is from a song called think vast 
which is essentially you can think of it as like um why am i forgetting that movie with um Johnny Depp in the car in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las, <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. Oh, so, sure. so the the idea uh-huh. is like driving through the desert mm-hmm. in pure darkness, and then slowly you see a, a creeping light appear, and that's Vegas, and it gets wild. So, like you're just stuck with your thoughts and nowhere to run with your thoughts, mm-hmm. and then it's all lost because <clears throat> it's like. You've been to Vegas. It's like Many times. crazy no. craziness on both sides, and you just can't think, or you're just like in wonder, and then you just drive out of the city back into darkness. And that's my oldest song. That's like 14 years old, and I never, I never felt now was the right time to release it. Wow, did you yeah. update it or something, or like updated it a lot? It? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah. What were, did you have any influences, like audio influences to this album? Because it's just like, like I, I heard a lot of Plastic Man, but I also heard like a lot of like, just like a lot of other like really interesting things. Like, like I said, your, your music is very mathematical. There's like a lot of things that are precisely going on. I mean, yeah. actually, to be honest, you're kind of like a mad scientist of music. <laughs> I would you hope. know, I, I can imagine you I know wish. one of those studios that have like pianos and keyboards and guitars and all sorts of machines like that make music with wires all over the place. And you're just like wearing like some kind of like a white coat and you're like, Aah! eventually, 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 yeah. I'm going to be hiding like cables under my hat you know here but uh mm-hmm. no it's um yeah like uh they're all yeah they're, i don't know how to say it they're all my babies you know and yeah. I just whatever comes out comes out like uh continuum continuum is like the single that's gonna be released next week is cool um it's just based off of like daft punk Mm-hmm. You know, it's crescendos. You know that song, mm-hmm. crescendos. I know Def Punk. Where it feels like it's always rotating and growing mm-hmm. and growing. It mm-hmm. sounds like you're turning the pages of a book. That's it. That's the feeling of the track. There, there's no deep meaning within that. It just feels like you're just evolving and it's going and going and going, like the gears of a clock. And that's it. Oh, that's wild. How long? I, I know you. You've got one track that you launched that is uh, it's 14 years old. But how long have you been working on this this album? Uh, this album, probably a year and a half or so. Year and a half. Year and a half. But yeah, it's been, it's been done for a while, actually. It's just like, uh, as you know, with any form of art, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of preparation. Yeah. And I just don't want to release it. I want to like do it properly. So. That's the way to do it. it. Awesome. And you've been touring all year. And when you tour, do you just play this album or do you play a lot of different stuff or how does that work? Well, that's my. Your music is really hands on. There's a lot going on. You've got a lot of stuff that you're dealing with. Well, no, that's my jam band. uh, My jam band roots there, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I want to make every show completely different. I I gotta let her out. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll edit this on in post. Yeah, no problem. I've got a little feline that wants to move. Here, here's the door. There you go. Okay, excellent. (laughs) Yeah, I I think she finds this conversation boring. (laughs) She's like, "Where's the news?" Jaja, this is the news. Yeah. So, so when you tour, you play like a lot of your old tracks, these tracks, or like, how does it work? Yeah, the, the way I said it, my I, mean, I will find out, but <laughs> I'm going to your show. Yeah, well, like uh, when I set up the Ableton, I put all my tracks in there and mm-hmm. I make it so it's very easy for me to pick on stage what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, I, kind of DJ Jazzy Jeff said it best. He was like, uh, it's like, I don't know what I'm playing. I have to listen to the audience on stage when oh, I'm playing. Oh, cool. And then it's, uh, 
and then that's when I decide what I want to do next. Like I just look wow. at what's what what the crowd is feeling. So every show is going to be completely different. Nice. You got to go to all the shows. And that's it. That no, that's it. Like I'm going to do bust outs and I'm going to do songs I haven't played in like a, maybe a year mm-hmm. and I want to make it feel like yeah, like you're always going to find something new and it's always going to be a different story. So like like Very you said, cool. it's like choose your own adventure kind of style. Nice. <laughs> no, did I say that the do. last interview? Maybe I did. I don't know. I was drinking. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, man. And okay, so now let's talk about touring. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you've toured all over Japan. Yeah. Okay. Is there any major difference between Tokyo and other parts of Japan? Like, are the is the audience different? Is the the sound different, or is it generally pretty unified? Um, it's very different. Um, the thing Tokyo is a different beast altogether. Mm. I think Osaka is like that as well. It's just because it's so big mm-hmm. that you there are, and there are so many different communities within it mm-hmm. that it's hard to. Um, yeah, it's hard to navigate. You have to, and you have to be picky of which uh, community you want to play in. Mm. When you're in a smaller town, like I was in uh, Onomichi, Tokushima, uh, Wakayama. Wakayama, yeah. The, the there's one, maybe two communities, and they're tight and they're big, and they all support each other, and everyone gets involved. Like whether you're doing like music or art or food, and it's incredible. And it's really, really, like, everyone is just so appreciative that you're there. Mm. I love it. Tokyo is fantastic. But, yeah, it's it's like any big city. You have to work for it, right? Mm. Wow. That, that's that's really powerful. Yeah. I, I didn't know that Wakayama was like that in the other parts of uh, Japan. Like, I mean, when I used to paint live, like, all the time. I mean, I still do in Tokyo. But, um, yeah, I mean, the only difference between, like, Tokyo and... And I only paint in Tokyo and Okinawa and Osaka... Mm. But uh, the difference between Tokyo and uh, Okinawa was Okinawa had a lot of soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went there. I'm like, wait a second. Is this New York? <laughs> they had such a great balance of food. I loved it there. It was like mm-hmm. I kind of get my Japanese food. Mm-hmm. But I know the taco is always there, the burrito. <laughs> so I, I love Okinawa. Okay. I love it. Yeah, it's like... And again, I'm Canadian, right? So I get a little bit of America. I, I get two different countries that mm-hmm. I'm a part of. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's really great. great. Yeah, have you ever tried uh, Omeshu? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, is it the one that that's the one that's from Okinawa, right? Is Omeshu? Is oh no, no, it's uh, Aomori. Aomori, that's it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Here, give me your beer. I need to start drinking. Yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Aomori. Yeah, I loved Aomori when I went there. I, I never drink it outside of Okinawa, but when I'm in Okinawa, it's in, it's in abundance there. So yeah. when I went there, I was just like, I'll take that stuff. And um, yeah, that's fantastic. What are your thoughts on that? You like it? It's kind nice. of strong. It's, it's strong. Kind of it's like it, it's bit. their uh, it's their vodka. You know. Yeah. They, they they throw it down. They throw it down there. They definitely do. <laughs> they know how to party in Okinawa. Faders. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. The drinking culture is amazing. I I hope to um, do a tour. A future tour is. I want to go in the winter time. I want to start in Hokkaido. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait, with, you're with gonna go to snow. Hokkaido in the winter? That's yeah, I, ri- that's I've only, Canada cold. I've, I've only been there in the winter. <laughs> oh, really? I love it. I think it's amazing. The food is mm. incredible. Oh, yeah. The seafood is great. And I want to literally go from Hokkaido and then fly directly down to Okinawa in the same tour. And I want to call it the Hot and Cold Tour. And that's like a dream tour for me. Like, that's something I'm... 
I'm looking to work on. You wow. Know? Yeah, the Atsu Sumitai tour, Atsu Sumui tour or something. Atsu Sumitai? Yeah. Atsu Sumitai tour? Or Samui tour, yeah, I guess. Anyway, so like, uh, I re- it has to be in the winter, of course, because I, mm. wa- I want to go from the snow to like... The beach. The beach. <laughs> straight up beach, you know? You're going to get sick. It sounds like a good idea right now. Like halfway through the tour, you're like, I think I got influenza. <laughs> I want, I, yeah, I want to see what the flight is like, you know, all, all the like Hokkaido people like just so happy to go down to Okinawa oh my god I think it'd be, I think it'd be <laughs> like are you on vacation too you're like no I'm working I'm working <laughs> oh man and okay so so touring in Japan is amazing now you've toured in other countries in Asia yeah. too yeah actually you've toured pretty much what all over the Americas all over Asia have you been to Europe yet yeah I played Pole, like for the Dembski project, I played Poland and wow. Czechia. Wow. And uh, I'm looking to go back there next year. That's the goal for next year. But uh, mm. we'll see. Like after the big show, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a nice break mm-hmm. and I'm going to just like, you know, eat well, relax and kind of just rejuvenate and then go at it again. But like just a bit more smart. Like this year was more like, let's just see how far I can push it. You pushed it pretty far. You pushed it like, I mean, the Rolling Stones in like the 80s. They're like, we've got nothing to do. We've got no new songs. Let's just tour. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was just like sending out emails. And then everyone was just saying, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And then I'm like, all right, great. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to actually do this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. So uh, it was a lot. But it was uh, maybe good at time management. Oh, that's awesome. I, I want to know more about it because I mean I, I've been on tour I've, I've been going on tour well not anymore I guess but uh, hopefully in the future but mm. yeah from like 2000 and was it 2012 was my first time leaving Japan on tour mm-hmm. and um, right before the pandemic actually like the week that all the airports were closing I was supposed to go to Berlin right mm. and and i was just calling the promoters i was just like should i go They're like yeah johnny just get to the airplane everything will be cool don't worry i'm like all right great everything's cool and then the next day i'm like hey bossy is everything okay uh yeah everything's cool yeah don't worry and then like one day before like everything closed down he's like uh, j- uh, j- uh hold on a second johnny <laughs> and i was like bossy come on you gotta tell me man and uh yeah yeah after that things changed as we know but um yeah going on tour for me was i mean it was so punk rock. I mean, it was so punk rock going on tour, and I loved every second of it. It like, is. It's hard, but uh, yeah. you know what? When you sit like at like a maybe it's a cafe or you sit by a river in like a different city or town, mm-hmm. and then you're like, I'm fucking here. Yeah, and that's that it. Cool. And when yeah. you just have a, that's all you selfie. need, really. Just the one. Yeah, one moment. <laughs> I better capture this with a selfie. <laughs> Hey, dudes, loving Berlin. Life is good. Having some Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, for me, for me, I, I always got, not always, but sometimes I got an mm. option. They're like, oh, do you need some kind of a hotel? Or do you mind staying at a promoter's house? Or I have a friend who has guest room. It's up to you. I'm like, I- I'm going to stay at somebody's place. You know, I wanted to get the yeah, whole experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I slept on floors, sofas, guest room. I mean, yeah. I slept everywhere. And, and I loved it, you know, because in that experience, I, I got to really experience the countries that I was staying at. How about for you? When you go on tour overseas, is it the same thing or do they give you hotels or? 
Yeah, it's both. It's always a mix, right? Uh, in Prague, it was a hotel. Poland, I just stayed with good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was half-half. It was mm-hmm. half-half. I played, I was there, I played about five, six shows in Poland all over the place. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic. You're, you're right. Like, you want the full experience, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the grocery store with them. Just see what's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grocery We're, stores. Like, just look at the fucking cheese selection. And yes. And, like, Europeans know how to rock yeah, cheese. Like, I don't I, I don't even need to eat it. I'm just, like, buy it for my friends. <laughs> 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 so, I think that's like, illegal to bring that over. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I just, I'm like... I'm just gonna buy it for you guys. Oh, okay, all right. And then leave it. Yeah, no, no. I... <laughs> you don't get busted at customs for cheese. <laughs> oh, dude, Dembski, he's in jail for what? Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, stinky cheese with mold. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a fact. You can get in trouble for bringing cheese. They tell you that at the airport. You're like, what cheese? Fuck that! I got cheese in my pocket. <laughs> I think I think miso is more dangerous, right? Miso is a big one. Is you it really miso? Miso, yeah. Why? Yeah, you can see it. Like when you go to the airport, you'll see like a, the, they'll show a picture like no jars. <laughs> you know that like square jar of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. miso, that cube. Really, miso is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yep. Don't don't bring it over. Wow, the things you Straight learn. Straight to got, the pen. <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn. I got fed in Japan. Oh my goodness. Now, what about like in Asia? Like it's just kind of new for you. I mean, outside of Japan, of course, to yeah. tour around in. So, which countries have you been to? Uh, right now, so I've been, I was in, uh, Taiwan. I'll probably go back soon. Nice. Uh, I was in Malaysia. Malaysia. Wow. And, uh, actually Malaysia just started as like just vacation, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, I love Kuala Lumpur, good food, Mm -hmm. uh, good culture. It's like, kind of reminds me of home has that multiculturalism, Mm -hmm. like Asia multiculturalism. Um, and I, then I just got like. You know, I get really into it, and I'm like, "What? What do they have a music scene? What's it like?" Started, oh, they do. Started researching, and I found the best communities, really? absolute best communities, and they really were welcoming, helped me out. And um, it's a, it's sometimes hard. It's a very conservative country. It's very Muslim, mm-hmm. right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there could be crackdowns from the police and stuff like that, mm. but there are some communities that are like tightly knit in like really cool parts of towns. Like it looks like an abandoned area, but they turn it into this whole art community mm. with museums, studios, record shops and everything. And I played three shows out there. Two of them sold out. Nice. And, uh, you know, of course they did, <laughs> you know, not, not the biggest crowd, but it was like very welcoming. And it's just young people, wanting to hear fresh sounds and ideas and so open to it and it was absolutely incredible that's awesome. so uh that and then um next month i'm off to uh thailand and i'm playing their biggest festival out there that is awesome i love thailand so much yeah. oh my god i gain like 50 pounds every time i go there i'm sure i'm sure it's uh I'm very very excited for it so uh gonna be out there for three weeks mm-hmm. half uh no, no, let's talk about the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I just want it, it a really good. I just want a really spicy papaya salad. Uh-huh. That's oh, I love that stuff. Oh man. my god, dude, I gained so much weight. My wife and I we go there. She goes there for the shopping. I'm there just to eat and drink beer. Yeah, oh my yeah, god. Yeah. Oh, so good. So okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please continue. I'm sorry. No, that's it. That's it. So it'll be my first time in Thailand and it's one of the biggest festivals out there called Wonder Fruit. Wow. And good name. 
they're giving me they gave me this ambient stage set where essentially it's a lot of work for me too they want me to separate my sound into as many channels as possible so i'm going to separate into 10 channels and they literally have this crazy system that is going to take all my sounds and just bounce them around the room so it's going to be a really really incredible trippy experience i have like an hour sound check to just like hear how i want to position all those sounds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh really really looking forward to that it's a really cool challenge and it's oh, a it's, it's also wow. a different set so like I, i'm very proud of what i've done with that idea of that hippie jam band play any set list you want mm-hmm. because now i can cater to what they you know to anyone what they want like i can do a hard harder kind of down tempo hip-hop kind of thing mm-hmm. or i can go straight ambient mm-hmm. so uh i'm really looking forward to it and uh yeah. i'm i i wrote a i wrote up a set list for this one because i have to actually organize and plan this one out properly so wow that's that's gonna be incredible man. yeah that's gonna be incredible how long are you gonna be out there for Three weeks. Wow, three weeks. You're going to get so fat. (laughs) (laughs) The food is so good in Thailand. (laughs) So so just promise me I'll come back on the show and make sure you catch me rolling into the room, okay? (laughs) I'll be drinking then. I might be just as big. I'm like, hey, man, we're fat. (laughs) We're the fat boys. (laughs) The fat boys. Oh, man. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That is so incredible. I'm so happy for you, man. Yeah, that's great, man. Because I've kind of seen, oh, I kind of, I have seen your, your career completely progress to where it is yeah. now and um yeah it's just i mean 40 oh my god 40 places in one year is just oh my god that's that's uncanny very lucky guy very lucky i've met some good people they they mm. treated me well you that know? is great when you meet people like how do you connect with them do you use like instagram facebook resident advisor all of the above just use google yeah yeah google um mostly i would say email and instagram for the most part, sometimes Facebook, uh, and that's it. Like, um, and yeah, just send send to everyone, you know, and see what bites, you know, right? Wow. And I, I plan on, yeah, I want I want to tackle some prefectures I haven't hit up yet, like Shimane, Totori, uh, Miyagi, and oh no, sorry, not Miyagi, uh, Iwate, mm, and, Iwate, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, just because no one talks about them. Mm-hmm. But I know that they got something there. They got something. Yeah, they're they're or they're you hiding can start somewhere. something there. Yeah, honestly, like I was in Fukui, and you would never know it, but they have an amazing music scene there. It's incredible. Wakayama as mm-hmm. well. They had the best like DJ bars or and like a museum where you can play music. It's right by the beach. It's mm-hmm. really really cool stuff, and they just keep it to themselves, and that's uh that's really something. Yeah, that's honorable. Well, can I ask, what is like the most bizarre place that you played at? Like, did you play at like like maybe an abandoned police station or um, I guess like a school where kids are like running around or something? (laughs) When I was uh, playing bass uh, in Japan, in Japan, Hmm. with this one Japanese artist, and then I played in Prague. It was my first time we played an abandoned church. An abandoned church. Yeah, well, well, this is it's weird because like the church was abandoned, but they moved the actual church just to the side to the small like little hut mm-hmm. kind of thing. So like, uh, if you want to use a washroom, you actually have to walk through the church where there's service 
happening at that time. We were seeing and like a baptism like, or something. Like, yeah, it's like, really, gonna take a leak. Yeah, and then we're in the, we're playing this just abandoned part of the church, and it was uh, all DIY, and that was incredible. Wow, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, I got to ask you some um, questions for like the faders, like for all you faders yeah. that uh, want to start music in Japan or want to come to Japan and like start something here. Like, in your opinion, what does it take to become a professional musician in Japan? Um, I think it's like anywhere, right? It's it's uh, you just need to try for the mm-hmm. most part, don't you think? It's like uh, I I just think you need to push at it, and if you really want it, set a goal. And then write down, how can I reach this goal? And then, okay, I need to contact these kind of people. Make a massive list of as many people as possible and just email all of them and see what bites. Mm-hmm. And you got to try things, right? Because mm-hmm. my first year, I literally tried every single room. I played every kind of show. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, my sound works with this type of room and this type of ambiance. Mm-hmm. That's it. Really, awesome. you have to find your niche, right? Just keep on doing it. But you have to keep on doing it first and try. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. Okay. And all right. So if somebody wants to do music with other people in Japan, you just yeah. recommend just sending out masses, like it's a whole like spider web of like emails and just, just wait for somebody to like contact you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, when I played out in Poland, uh, pretty much, I looked at all these venues that mm-hmm. I liked. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. But and then I went on Facebook and I looked at their events, their mm-hmm. event pages, right? So, look at that. <clears throat> and so then you can research. Yeah, research. Yeah, research. And then you build see, connections. You'll see. You'll see the promoters, or you'll see artists, and just look at what the artists are creating. And then I'm like, this artist is fucking dope. I want to play with them. I'm going to reach out to them. And you reach out to the artists that you feel you would best connect with or the promoters you would. And then, um, you know, again, let's say you send out a hundred emails. I would say you'll get like, let's say 10 replies, 15 replies. That's great. It's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Right. Like, yeah. um, I mean, it's maybe 10, possibly five, five to 10 gigs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's a start and Mm -hmm. then that's how you progress. And then, um, Again, you build a community like that, mm-hmm. and that same Polish artist, I brought him over to uh, Japan and gave him a hell of a tour over here. And uh, that's that's what it's all about, just building community. Excellent. And, okay, when you do go on tour, what are some things that you need to bring? Like, for example, of course you need to bring your audio equipment, but yeah. what are some other things that you could recommend for somebody that's just going to go on tour now? Or maybe they're going to come to Japan for the first time and they're going to go on tour, like, maybe to, like, a, three or four different cities or something. You don't have to bring a lot of T-shirt. Bring, like, just one solid T-shirt. You don't need to wash so often. Like some good pants. <laughs> yeah, 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 like this. You know, I wear this on tour. Uh, like, you know, a lot of underwear, socks. That, that's always needed. Um, but what about merch? Merch? Um, so merch for me, I got my vinyl. I got my new vinyl coming out. It looks cool. amazing. I want one. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible, actually. It's a clear disc. Yeah, it's it's really, really something. And uh, I got socks on the way. I'm you at, got um, socks? Yeah, I got... You got a sock guy. Yeah, wow. so, so... I that, don't even have a sock guy. <laughs> so that song, the, the Man of Science Travels to the Paper Sun... 
the man of science. I, I'm going to call the socks the man of socks. And that's it. It's such a stupid name, but I love that's it. That's pretty bad, and right? It's just, and it's just like this. <laughs> Gotta be this, honest with you. This guy on it. But yeah, it's so bad. I, I can imagine something. <laughs> the man of socks? The no, no, socks, 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 socks. The man of socks. Yeah, I'm like, it's so stupid that I love it. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> All right, that's good. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, I'll yeah. buy a pair. I'm going to call it the man of socks and... Uh, yeah, and then uh, together it'll be the and and a sticker, good stick, you know, good mm-hmm. stickers always go a long way. Mm-hmm. Right. So why not t-shirts? It's hard. I don't think I can pull off a good t-shirt design. I think it's just what? Yeah. Look at this, dude. Yeah. Look at this, dude. I got a t-shirt guy. You got a t-shirt guy, dude. I have I don't a t-shirt know. guy. I'll dude, think of it. <laughs> look at this. This is my. This is one of my paintings. Yeah, my t-shirt guy made me a bunch of these, which is on my website. It's built in. That is a great t-shirt. Look, look, is, no, but, but look at the quality. Look at all the colors. Look at all the colors that's in there. That's like, very good. Yeah, this is an extensive. With a link below right here. Yeah, right? <laughs> and you can get yours from here. <laughs> but no, I mean, look at the quality. So, I mean, you could absolutely get this pi- this picture, the picture, like the, the, the graphic for your album on like a shirt uh, just like this. You know what? Easily. I've never felt confident enough to make a t-shirt design. Really? Personally. Just use this. I should. I know. Just use but, this. I don't know. There's probably some more albums. Like I, I, I would like to do a toque. If I did a toque, where toque would be dope. With especially like, now, again, like just like the car or like the man right here, you know, or something like that. What if it just said like Dembski and like kind of like old like nineteen seventies like font? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. But it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I wanted to still have the concept within it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see but, what you're saying. But I hear what you mean. Yeah, right. And also, you know, the car, the license plate says Dembski on it. So. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is customized. Gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Viva Las Vegas, dude. I'm up, dude. You shouldn't have said that because now everybody that buys your album, they're like, so that is the car from Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Fear and loathing did in I Las see, Vegas. Did I see Leaving Las Vegas? Leaving before? Las Vegas. I did. I did. Totally different movie. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that movie no 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 so depressing so depressing oh my god alright don't watch it don't watch it yeah. it's a heartache uh, yeah Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yeah. I even read the book how come I missed it yeah. I don't know it's pretty late but um, yeah awesome okay now finally I need you to plug yeah plug okay so how can people find out about you how can people book you and where can people buy your merchandise of course it's all going to be in the show notes if you go to the show notes mm. it's right there but i want you to say it just to remind everybody where they need to go all right so pretty much if you just type in Demsky, you're gonna find probably three people okay uh one's me right the other one's like a Spanish guy. He's a Spanish graffiti artist. Oh, that's He's cool. He's really cool. And you know what? When I was on Twitter, uh, I had the uh, at Dembski and stuff like that. And people would tag me all the time for his really? event, events in like New York and stuff. I would just always retweet them. I'm like, that's fine with me. Like, that's cool. Pay it forward to a fellow Dembski. It's very rare to come across. Nice. So it's that or my brother. My brother will be up there as well, right? You so, don't retweet him, do you? I'll retweet him. I'll retweet him. Uh, I'll retweet him. Uh, all right, Charles. Uh, I'll, I'll respect uh, all the Dembskis, right? So um, any one of those is fine. That's how I see it. And uh, not being great. But yeah, Dembski or Dembski music. And then uh, pretty much it's everywhere. That's, That's fantastic, it. man. That's great. Faders, you know where to go. I mean, dude, I'm serious, dude. 
Your music is really good. I mean, it gives me like goosebumps, dude. It's great. It's great driving music. It's great working music. It's great dancing music. It's just all around great music, you know? And and the thing is like, I mean, every musician that I have on this podcast is great. Everybody I've always respected. I love their music. Mm. But I mean, dude, I mean, seeing your career just progress and your music just get better and better. Because I mean, your last stuff was great. And this is even better, dude. Actually, to be honest, I, I, I can't even imagine I mean, I'm going to start crying. I'm like, what's he going to do in the future? He's got nowhere to go. <laughs> the, 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 next, the next one's already in the works. What? And it's, it's actually uh, some of the tracks. What, what I've been doing actually each year is I've been uh, going up to Nagano. Uh, uh, rent, uh, rent, love Nagano. Yeah, renting a cottage. You do? Oh, my God. My wife and I did, we did that to me in Niigata, right next to Nagano. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like the best place up there. It's, oh, my God. It's, it's so amazing. enchanting. It's so awesome. It's silent. And just get like a big bottle of like Nihonshu, some sake. And then, like, uh, just learn. Learn like a new technique. Yeah. And I wrote some really cool stuff that i'm really excited about and again they're they're still young like the 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 stories develop with time but the ideas are are there and they're really mm-hmm. they're they're really exciting i'm really excited to release that whenever that comes and maybe in a couple of years or so wow so all right another thing to uh, have if you come to japan and you want to be a musician is uh drive a lot of drive, more passion than you can even fathom. Oh my yeah. god, dude! And you've got it. Yeah, I mean, you just you launched. To. You haven't even launched this yet. You're just releasing like you just released like the first track. What? Last week? Next week? Next week? Oh well, I I kind of got a preview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So in the future, faders, this will be available to you guys. And um, yeah, oh my goodness. And so you're you're going to launch that and. You're already working on like the next album. That is wild, dude. The Beatles didn't even do that. The Beatles are like, <laughs> oh, might we just finish this album? Let's chill for a year or two. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm trying to catch up with someone like Jimi Hendrix then, who released Ooh. like how many albums in four years or something? Like he had uh, what was it? It was 1966 to 1970, and. His collection is just insane. How many did he release? Oh, I don't know. Like so, so many. And it's really? like, yeah, he, he, he's an inspiration a long time ago. Mm. And just like, yeah, the amount of content he just <laughs> released out there before he passed away, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is the day before my birthday, right? So no. I always remember that. Yeah. So, but um, he was the he was the man. He he had soul. He put everything into in his guitar. Yeah, you know, so, I love Hendrix. Actually, um, I I know a lot about. No, okay, I know I know a lot about Hendrix, but I know even more about Miles Davis. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I love Davis. Miles Davis is my man, dude. I've, have you, dude? You got, I'm going to give you a book. You got to read the book. His autobiography is absolutely spectacular. It's one of like the greatest books I've ever read in my life. It's like definitely like the top three. Very cool. Oh my God. It's just called Miles. Just Google it, right? And it's his autobiography. You'll find it anywhere. Amazon, hello. But um, yeah, dude, it, he he was good friends with Jimi Hendrix mm. to the point where Jimi Hendrix started sleeping with his girl. And Miles Davis is like, man, I can't believe Jimmy's sleeping with Foxy. 
but it's Jimmy, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, wow, he really lives, loves Jimi Hendrix. And the thing is, Jimi Hendrix was in London, and Miles Davis was on his way to London because they were going to start making music together. Yeah, because yeah, at yeah. that time, Miles Davis, he loved the guitar so much, but he loved the trumpet so much more, where basically he wanted to play the trumpet. Well, actually, he did. He played the trumpet like a guitar, electric guitar. Yeah. So he had his trumpet hooked up to a wah-wah pedal. wah 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 And if you listen to a bitch's brew, there you go. You can hear it and stuff. Actually, that and on the corner. But um, anyway, like, I mean, he was going to like probably even release like a new album with Jimi Hendrix, right? And before Jimi Hendrix shockingly and suddenly passed away. Dude, that would have changed music. Because Miles Davis, Miles Davis absolutely revolutionized music at least three or four times, you know? I mean, he completely revolutionized, don't get me started, and Miles Davis, no, somebody stop me, the ramble won't stop. But I mean, if him and Hendrix got together right now, we would be listening to music, which is way better than what we're listening to, you know? We probably wouldn't have all that pop music. Oh, well. (laughs) pop bands and stuff. (laughs) Like, I mean, everybody probably would have just like progressed like a hundred years for like pop bands. Oh man, that was like a. Well, well, I always wondered what, like, if if Hendrix stuck around until now and he made it, like, would his career hold up, you know? Because he was such a beast Mm -hmm. back in the day, right? But, like, there's a lot of musicians back in the, like, uh, Rolling Stones, I think they should have quit a long time ago. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like you had such a great thing, but that longevity is so hard to keep. Uh, Paul Simon was fantastic at it. He was mm. every album he he releases, absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, I, I would be worried about. I'm like Jimmy, can he hold it up? You know, if he was still around, if he was still releasing albums, you know, BB King did it, and he was fantastic. But right? Jimi Hendrix, unlike a lot of these rock stars that kind of maintained their fame, mm. Jimi Hendrix was actually very very intelligent. Like he was oh, highly Miles Davis was also very intelligent. His father was a doctor. You know, I mean, he went to a great school, highly educated. Yeah. Actually, one thing that Miles Davis was kind of like shocked about when he started hanging out with rock and roll guys and stuff, jazz guys, he's like, man, I don't get it. These guys are famous. They got records and none of them can read music because <laughs> rock and roll guys can never read music, yeah. you know. But I mean, Miles Davis, I mean, he, he I mean, he, he wrote music, you know. Joni Mitchell was uh, like that. It's like... Uh... Uh, Jacko Pistorius, you know, the famous bass player, right? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Flight of, uh, Flight of the Bumblebee. He did like Flight of the Bumblebee. He did okay. like uh, Chicken chicken Strut, was it? Chicken? No, no, that's... I'm thinking Sissy Strut by the, the meters. But anyways, Jacko Pistorius, famous bass player, played mm-hmm. with Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And Jacko's like, all right, what key are we playing in? And she's like... I don't fucking know what key I'm playing. Right it's like, here. It's right like, here. yeah, like I just tuned it to what sounded great to me. Yeah. And uh, it threw him off and it was the biggest lesson of his life. Same thing, because yeah. Because it was, it was like, it's not about this or that. It's about just truly listening to like a, be- a beauty that you, only your ears can pick up. Wow. I thought that was awesome. And I thought that was such a cool quotes i've always had respect for Joni mitchell in that sense wow yeah miles davis his perspective is completely different he's like what's what's going on with these guys how come they carry music yeah yeah yeah, such a good book oh my god hey i'm gonna all right all right so you used to be a dj like with records right yeah okay now all right 
when we go to a club or when anybody goes to a club and you hear a DJ and they just play one track after another track after another track yeah. and it's seamless. Do you know where that came from? Uh, no. Grandmaster Flash. Miles Davis. Miles Davis, eh? Because Miles Davis used to play, I mean, he used, all right, just like all great jazz musicians back in the day in like North Harlem, he, they would play one track mm. and then they would talk after the track. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, is everybody having a good time? And that's Miles Davis, his voice is very husky. That's why I'm doing that. He's like, is everybody having a good time? We've got uh, ABC on this, uh, the bass. We've got on the piano, blah, 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 blah. All right. And our next track is blah, blah, blah. And they'll play it and then they'll stop afterwards and they're like, all right. So is everybody tipping the waitress? You know, they, they, would, yeah. they would talk in between like, you know, the songs. Kind of like what they do in a lot of live houses here in Japan. Yeah. Now, the thing too is. Too much, too much in Japan. Uh, they, do sometimes but miles davis when he got more seasoned in his career he's like man my voice hurts i don't even want to talk to these people we're just gonna play one song after another and after another and after another and if these motherfuckers Mm. don't like it they can leave and then he said that in his book so he started playing all his music together one track to another track to another track to another track to another track seamlessly and if you listen to bitches brew or on the corner the whole album is like that so if you're listening to bitches brew you're like man this is one long song and then if you look at the record or if you look at the cd or whatever it's like track number eight you're like oh (laughs) there there was a good uh but that's where that came from the djs the djs are just like yeah miles is right let's just play all the music seamlessly and that's the disco guy stole that from him uh, which which disco guy do you know that the disco guy the, the disco discos guy. in the Look 70s uh, disco. you can find the link down here <laughs> all, right, no, no. all right all right what's a good name from the 70s disco craig disco, disco carl stew. disco stew there you go disco <laughs> simpsons oh wow okay i'm sorry to interrupt you yeah no no um you know uh, there were these two bands in the jam band scene in canada called mm-hmm. Jimmy Swift Band and Grand Theft Bus. Hmm. And they were awesome. They were really, really great. They would always tour together. Mm-hmm. And they would do seamless sets where it would be like Jimmy Swift Band would play two tracks. They wouldn't stop. And then Grand Theft Bus would come on stage, join them. And then Jimmy Swift Band would slowly go off. Mm-hmm. And then Grand Theft Bus would start. And it would just be a three-hour show. Wow. And uh, that was incredible. That was an incredible time of music. That was like Mm. uh, early 2000s or something like that. That was a good time of music in general. Totally, totally. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, so faders, all right. Well, you know what to do. You know where to go to get this album because when I drop this I'm going to drop this probably in a couple of days so awesome. yeah awesome. Your, your tracks will definitely be out like soon after that so faders go into the links click on them reserve can they reserve albums or yeah next week uh, it's going to be the continuum single is going to come out mm-hmm. but the album is going to come out next year actually mm-hmm. so this is the uh, yeah tell me about the show yeah got this a play is, right here so this is my EP release party and I rent Ooh. I rented out a theater for it Nice. And I'm going big, uh, doing with all my really good friends. Um, January 14th. Perfect. January 14th. It's going to be one, one, my biggest show of ever. And then uh, I'm really excited to share this with everyone. Uh, but next week is going to be Continuum, the single Continuum. And uh, pre-orders for the vinyl, which is uh, on a, it's a clear disc. It's going to, it looks absolutely beautiful. I'm going to bring it to uh, your your beautiful event coming up. You can sell them there if you want. 
All right, I'll br- I'll bring him on out. I'll bring him on out. I've I got a merch table. Uh, amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Tokyo Art Tank. Yeah, that's gonna be incredible. So if, when you wait. come, yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, we got twenty seven artists. So many tables. They, got so see, many- you he does it right because it's all about community and bringing people together, mm. working together, family, mm-hmm. and that's the the key to everything and then just trying and just uh motivating each other so yeah just I think do that's it fantastic. Just, <laughs> just like nike just, just do, do it. it and if you fail you learn something disco stew does that too disco well. stew <laughs> i think disco stew ripped off miles davis i'm kind of pissed off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right faders we're gonna take a little break enjoy our sponsors and when we come back we do have the news all right we'll catch you on the flip side peace Yo, faders, the holiday season is slowly creeping up and there's only one way to stay ahead of present panic. And that's by shopping for the holidays early. This year, don't stress about finding something cool for your friends, family, and or significant other. Get something special and unique by commissioning an original popsick painting from yours truly. Or by purchasing a masterpiece from the Spilt Inks website. Yo, that's right. Look down in Got Faded Japan's episode notes and click on the Spilt Inks website link and take a look around and find something exciting. So this year, forget about the holiday rush, forget about stress, and forget about stressing on getting a cool present for that special person. This year, take care of yourself. And you can only take care of yourself by getting an original piece of artwork that's going to last you and or that significant other, friend, family, boss, neighbor, enemy, whatever, that's going to last them a lifetime. All right, Saito-san, cut off the Christmas music. It's not even December yet. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to... Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors. Located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. It's your liquors. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. And we are back, faders, and we have the news. And we've got five amazing stories from this week. And uh, Dembski, um, it is always tradition for the guests to go first. And we've got a glorious 
A very strange story, actually, <laughs> for you to start off with. Um, whenever you're ready, they all are. They, they, they all, all got fit in Japan. Here we go. Whenever you're ready. Without further ado. All right. So, 8,400 persimmons stolen from two orchards in Niigata. I don't give you permission to steal my persimmons. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, about 8,400 persimmons have been stolen from two orchards in Niigata City's Nishikan Ward. I didn't know they were called orchards here. I was. I'm always curious about that. Like, I know it's an apple orchard. I'm just curious. I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, so they were sold between the late October and early November. Uh, so the Kajuen Orchard reported persimmon thefts at two locations in Tojima and Nika in the ward. According to the police, the persimmons were stolen between October 26th and November 3rd. Local media reported. The stolen persimmons are worth about 300,000 yen. Wow. That's crazy. I can just grab some from my neighbor. <laughs> but you would <laughs> never everywhere. do that, Dusky. I would never do that. No. One day, one day I'm going to have enough drinks, and then I'm just going to take one and just, like, cut it open like an asshole and be like, what's going on in here? Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, no we're do just that. joking. All right. Uh, workers at Kajuan Orchard uh, noticed the stolen fruit was uh, the fruit was stolen from their properties on November third. Before reporting the incident to the police, they first consulted with JA uh, Japan Agriculture about the damages. A rep- uh, police report was made on November fifth. There has been a spate of the thefts of fruits and rice from farms and orchards in several prefectures in recent years. Mm. And people have been asking growers to install security cameras at warehouses, greenhouses, and other storage facilities. You know, like, it's the same as, like, when you steal paintings. You know, like... uh, Don't do that. No, no, I'm I'm just saying saying in general, like... Mm -hmm. It's like, how are you going to sell them or, like, make money from them later on, right? Right. Exactly. It's like, oh, I just happened to find this. There's no way around it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, what are you going to do with 300,000 worth of persimmons and be like, hello, local farmer's market? I would like to give you my 8,400 persimmons here. What do they do with them? Yeah, it's crazy. And how long do they last after you pick them? Like what, a week? Who knows? Who knows? Like, uh, I know like in Shikoku, I have some friends out there and uh, I get a lot of vegetables from down there. Mm-hmm. There's no additives, no preservatives. Those are the good ones. Yeah. And they're like, it's a lot of work. You have to, they're like, you have to eat that like in the next two days or they're going to go bad. I'm like, oh, God damn it. It's not even, it's not even enjoyable. <laughs> I'm having salad for a while. It's a great way to lose weight. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. You're just loading up too much. I, don't, I think you're going to gain in, in those points. From vegetables? Oh, my gosh. We'll find Yeah. Find out. Oh, man. Sauteed in butter or something. Yeah. Know. Actually, oh, I'm not going to get into it. I was going to tell you about the Mona Lisa and how it got stolen. Want to hear real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The Mona Lisa Faders is famous because when the Louvre bought the Mona Lisa, or when it acquired the Mona Lisa, it's an interesting story. The janitor, from what I understand, he was Italian, and he saw the Mona Lisa there, and he's like, the Mona Lisa, it's Michelangelo's painting, and Napoleon stole it. So he stayed up, uh, he stayed into the uh, Louvre really late one night, and he stole the Mona Lisa. 
right? And it was the first painting to ever be stolen from the Louvre. First and only, I think. Wow. And it was such big news that it was that this, this theft was printed in every single newspaper all around the world. So people all around the world knew what the Mona Lisa was and they fell in love with the Mona Lisa. Wow. And then when they found the, the, the painting from this guy, actually in Italy, it became one of the most sought after paintings to be like enjoyed by the public. Wow. So that, that kind of sparked everyone's interest on it. And exactly. Now, now you got like Beyonce and Jay-Z standing in front of it. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. So if somebody wants to steal one of my paintings, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next story. <clears throat> Cambodia deports 25 Japanese nationals mm. suspected of operating online scams. Mm. It's a holiday in Cambodia. <laughs> that's That's... Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holiday in Cambodia. Great song. One of my favorite songs when I was a kid. I'll check that out. Yeah. And uh, we don't really need to read this whole article. It's, uh, I mean, this is basically, I mean, these guys were operating online scams in Cambodia. They got busted and uh, yeah, they got deported back to Japan. And my question is about this whole article, and that's pretty much what the article is about. Um, why Cambodia? Is it the food? Is it the weather? Is it the taxes? They're not paying taxes. They're crooks. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, if I were going to do a scam, I guess I want to go to a nice warm place and a nice comfortable environment. Yeah. You know, set up shop there. Yeah, probably, they probably had a good villa. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> Wi-Fi is strong. They're on the beach. They're drinking martinis or some other kind of... They're, like they're on to something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm going to be a scam guy, I'm going to Thailand. The food there is just Thailand. so good. <laughs> Cambodia. I that, guess Cambodia is nice. That's where the Italians should have taken the Mona Lisa. Yeah. They've just gone to Cambodia. Yeah, he's like, oh, don't worry, Mona. You and I are going to spend a long time here just enjoying the life. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, next story. <laughs> that was my story. Okay, so a man arrested in connection with attempted pachinko parlor robbery, resulting in injury. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so police in Nakatsu Oita Prefecture have arrested a 23-year-old man on sus- suspicion of attempted robbery, resulting in injury at a pachinko parlor in May. Wow. According to police, Yoshiyuki Omori, a temp worker, entered the uh, A1 Yahata pachinko parlor there's actually a pachinko parlor in uh in uh saitama called al pachinko have you heard no way i've Uh, never even thought of it yeah 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 and (laughs) i've i've always wanted to go there just for being like just a nice trip and a one-off trip go to al pachinko think about that faders anyway so uh parlor in kitakushu city's uh yahatanishi yahatanishi ward at around 11.25 p.m. on May 29th, local uh, media reported. After seeing a female employee in her 60s in the prize exchange booth, he pushed his way in, covered her mouth with his hand, and shoved her to the ground, Ooh. threatening to kill her if she didn't stay quiet. Amori then forced the woman to open the safe, but she resisted. He instead stole her smartphone and fled. <laughs> He's like, score! <laughs> now I got Twitter! It's like, I stole her smartphone and that half-eaten candy bar she had. <laughs> At least I got something out of it. Uh, okay, so she suffered some injuries to her mm. neck and back. No. Uh, Omori was identified after an analysis of surveillance cameras, uh, camera footage, and arrested on Tuesday. 
Yeah. Amazing. That, that's crazy, man. I mean, what a bad idea on top of a bad idea. I mean, playing pachinko is kind of a bad idea. <laughs> Robbing a pachinko parlor, oh my, do you know how many cameras are in there? It's like a casino. I yeah. mean, kind of. You know, there's, there's cameras everywhere. So, yeah, this guy wasn't using his brain at all. Not at all. Not, <laughs> Not at, all. at all. Oh my would it, God. Would it make more sense if it was at Al Pachinko? It'd be a better story. Probably be a better story. Yeah. <laughs> a, better, a better story. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah, things not to do in Japan. <clears throat> okay, speaking of, five arrested for Shinkansen ticket fraud. Damage may toll 300 million yen. How many, how many Canadian dollars is that? So, it would probably be around, I guess, 2.8 million. Jesus Christ. 2.8 million jinkies and then, wow yeah yeah we're we're closer to the yen than uh than the u.s is right now right wow oh my gosh that's that's a lot of money um this story took place in osaka <laughs> i love you osaka um <clears throat> a japanese and four chinese nationals have been arrested for allegedly using other people's credit card data to purchase shinkansen train tickets online police said monday with the damage possibly totaling to more than 300 million yen the Suspects including, I'm not going to name these names. It's going to be so bad. Yeah. Uh, somebody, a 28-year-old Chinese citizen with no fixed address. And uh, let's see, Yoshisuke uh, Hayashira, a 55-year-old Japanese company employee living in Kobe. <clears throat> they have been sent to prosecutors. About 140 million yen in damages have been confirmed in the case that the police have established, but the total damage could be larger, with around 780 people's credit wow. card information likely to have been unlawfully used. All right, I'm going to check my credit card tonight. Um, the five in collusion with others are believed to have purchased bullet train tickets on the website of West Japan's Railway Co. and Kyoshu uh, Railway Company and printed the tickets out at JR Shinosaka Station and elsewhere between February and April. <clears throat> the police suspect that the five were using credit cards contained uh, that contained other people's information. Hayashida allegedly bought the stolen tickets from the four suspects and sold them to ticket resellers. The five were arrested on suspicion of theft and unauthorized creation of electronic or magnetic records, um, mm. which is actually a really serious crime here. These guys are going to do some serious time for this too. Mm. Um, my question is, how did they get the credit card numbers? And who's going to buy a, a ticket from some other place? Like when I buy Shinkansen tickets, I go to like the, the station and I buy them there. Or if I'm going to travel, like, let's say next week, mm. I buy them in advance from the station. Why mm. would you go somewhere else? Well, you know, like, if you go to those uh, salary man areas, like Shimbashi. Yeah. They have those ticket centers. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's like, uh, I don't know, it's a bit more discounted or something. I don't know exactly how it works, but you can find there are these cheaper discount sites. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it's actually a good thing to know uh, if you're in Japan is... Go to the salary man area, which you, you should check out because it's quite interesting just to see everyone in like white dress shirts and black pants, you know, doing their businessy things. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they have in these like uh, big buildings that have izakayas and kind of massage parlors. Mm -hmm. There's also ticketing centers where you can get actually cheaper tickets for the Shinkansen. 
Wow. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting. I don't know how it works, but uh, I bought tickets from there and it's, it's good. Yeah. You'll save like a thousand, two thousand yen. 10, 20 bucks or so. Yeah. If you like bad. Yeah. If you just like, um, you know, you're looking for a ticket that day, that's mm-hmm. what they have. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, unless you buy like a stolen ticket, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they are going through those people, then yeah, it would be hard to track. Yeah. So. Do you think there's a guy there with a trench coat and he's like kind of like a scalper? He's like, hey, you guys want tickets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want tickets to the Dembski show? I got those too. <laughs> that is the the one great thing about Japan is there are no scalpers. But I've I, never heard of one. Yeah, never heard. Of, but you know, the one crap thing about Japan is that you can never pick your seats when you do like a when you go to like a big venue or something. Mm. They're like you buy a ticket and you don't know where you're sitting, which oh. always annoyed me. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I'm like, oh, I don't want like I want to be there, you know, and I, I'd pay extra for that, you mm. know, but uh, say la vie. Say la vie. Okay, next story. So, man arrested for stealing at least 50 air conditioner units in Gunma. What? Police in Maebashi Gunma Prefecture have arrested a 51-year-old unemployed man on suspicion of stealing at least 50 air conditioner units from the outside of buildings since September. Okay. Police said Shigeki Ishizaki was arrested Friday on suspicion of stealing two units from outside the Ogo branch office of the Maebashi Municipal Government in the late September, NHK reported. That's stupid. That's, That's like the worst place. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I think he got cocky at this point. He's like, I got it. He's like, I got to try it. <laughs> I got to see if I can do it. <laughs> but you think it's a joke. He's like, oh, that government, I'll get these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No air conditioning. For, when was it? Was it October, September? Oh, it's been a hot, it's been a hot autumn. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, no air conditioning for you. That's incredible. But uh, police said uh, Ishizaki, of no fixed address, has admitted to the charge and quoted him as saying he had also stolen air conditioner units from the outside facilities, such as company offices, community centers, and other buildings. Uh, Police said Ishizaki told them he dismantled the units so he could sell the metal parts for cash. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, I guess, guess, yeah, it would make sense. They're going to have a lot more units. It's going to be harder for them to find like the one missing unit here and there (laughs) but at the same time yeah well let's see like if you steal from people's home yeah that would be more suspicious it would be easier to to find it considering how close houses are to each other right oh yeah yeah it's pretty impossible to do that in this neighborhood or most neighborhoods in tokyo but uh how did they catch this guy cameras or what, I'm guessing. Yeah, or like, I mean, did they have like a sting or something? Or do they, they set out like Vice where they're just watching like all these like scrapyards or something? <laughs> the same guy just keeps on coming with the same pickup truck with yeah. uh, air conditioners or something mm. like that. Like, how do they get this guy? Now, that's where the real story is. And uh, where is he putting them? Where Where is he putting all these units? Because he has no fixed address, right? The park? <laughs> He's just in the park, like, uh, <laughs> breaking down all these air conditioners. Oh, my goodness. Out of all the things to steal. I mean, this happens in, like, you know, like, cities like Detroit and, like, other cities that have, like, abandoned houses where people just, like, go into, like, an abandoned house and just steal all the copper, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they'll just, like, completely strip the inside. They'll pretty much just gut the house, right? Yeah. 
and they'll just take all the metals and they'll just sell it at a strip a strip yard <laughs> strip joint they'll sell them at a strip joint where is my mind tonight I need a drink that's how you tip people <laughs> I tip them some with, you want some copper you want some metal baby yeah um, <laughs> yeah throw, throw copper <laughs> he's making it rain and it's painful oh my gosh but uh, yeah um, yeah it's, uh, scrap yards <laughs> alright well that was the last story and obviously uh, it's late and it's time to get you home and for me to probably go to bed <laughs> it's been a long day um, faders I, I want to say thank you very much for tuning into this very special episode of Got Fit Japan and Dembski my gosh dude it's, it's so awesome to see your career just hey. like bloom and just, just go into so many amazing directions I, I mean geez man when we first met you were doing some incredible stuff and now it's just like wow I mean the sky's the limit dude seriously I mean uh, Eon, he's gonna go to Mars. I mean, you might as well go with him and set up like the first like real mega concert because I mean, you're 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 shooting for the stars and you're actually going there, man. It's hey, awesome. same same with you, man. No. So like, I'm really happy to see everyone just grow together, and that's a really beautiful thing, oh, you know. Thanks, man. Let let everyone. Um, I want to see everyone live their best life. Yeah, yeah that's a really beautiful thing. Live your best life. Don't steal air conditioners. Yeah, don't do that. That's that's dumb. And throw copper at. Strip joints. Yeah, you know, your strippers don't like copper. I mean, if you got gold, they'll take gold. They'll take silver. I mean, some of them might even take, like, I don't know, platinum, possibly. But, yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> anyway, Dempsey, thank you so much. Yeah, man. thanks a lot, man. All right. Awesome, man. Uh, faders, you know what to do. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Write something groovy. Go to uh, YouTube. Subscribe. We're all over the Internet. So if you want to see all the goofy stuff that we, like, uh, upload on instagram and x and all those other places facebook it's all there just google got fit japan and if you're listening or watching us for the first time thank you very much and share this with your friends on that note peace my little brother a goddamn shit sucking vampire oh you wait till mom finds out buddy i've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a gangster the pressure. I can't take it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. You sure I should use this? We're going We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.